0: Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Conner. Luckily for you, the listener today, I've cooked up a pretty great conversation, but we'll get back to that in just a second. If you're brand new, if this is your first time, welcome. My name's Adam. I do this podcast to learn about how some of the most interesting brands in the world mobilize their masses to become more authentic, and we define that word in many different ways. But I'm so glad you're here. I hope you stay tuned because we talk to some of the most interesting brand names in the world. Today, our conversation takes us to cookware without chemicals. This is a brand called Caraway. Specifically, I'm talking to their founder and CEO Jordan Nathan. And we talk all about not only the reason why he founded Caraway, which is actually a pretty a dramatic story of a, of a cooking dinner gone wrong, but also we talk about what the pandemic has meant for the interest in cooking at home. And I don't think you need to guess what has happened to the brand as a result, but we also get a little bit into the idea of purpose and how to take advantage of stories. And then ultimately towards the end, how to be mission driven. And I think authentic in this episode is more of a reflection of action as opposed to an operating criteria but of course this is something which like many other industries during the pandemic has experienced explosive growth and they've just launched a brand new line which we talk about as well which may give you a different and more appealing entry point to learn all about the ceramic nonstick cookware brand and i'll let the founder of that brand tell you all about it so i'll step out of the way and let you enjoy today's podcast with from caraway jordan nathan all right, everybody, I am here with Jordan Nathan, the founder and CEO of Caraway. Jordan, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you doing today?
1: Doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Adam.
0: I can't wait to talk about cooking. Here's why. Because ever since you know this whole pandemic came down on us, at least in the U.S., late Q1 of uh, 2020, a lot more people have been doing a lot more things at home. And cooking is certainly one of them. That being one of the first major uh, industries to go dark, people had to learn uh, how not to go out all the time. And so I've experimented with different meal services and, uh, and and shopping from farms, which is something I hadn't done before. And this probably tailors pretty nicely into what you're doing at Caraway and the way that you're uh, bringing cookware to the masses and the way that you do it. I wanna talk all about that, the ins and outs, what it's meant for you during this time. But I gotta start before that, because I always ask folks how they got to where they got. So, why did you have found Caraway? What was it about this idea that made you say, yep, I gotta start that business and I gotta go full force into it?
1: Yeah, about two years ago, I was uh, at home any, like any normal night, um, started to uh, cook a meal at home, put my fry pan on a burner. Ended up getting a call during that time and I completely uh, lost track of the fact that my, my burner was on and a fry pan was sitting on it for about 45 minutes. And my apartment ended up filling of of fumes and uh, I felt pretty nauseous, pretty lightheaded, ended up giving poison control hotline, a call just to make sure I was okay. And they had educated me that I was likely exposed to Teflon poisoning due to the fumes and having gone through the experience uh really couldn't wrap my head around the fact that something that I was cooking off of and touching my food was potentially dangerous and uh, you know upon further research found that 95% of cookware out there or nonstick cookware is made with Teflon and really felt there was a big opportunity to create a brand around safety in the space and and non-toxic products and so um, that was really the you know impulse to start Caraway and um, you know, we've since launched with a ceramic based nonstick product that is non toxic and safe to use, yeah.
0: So, that's gosh, one probably one of the more dramatic stories. And normally, with those stories that I hear, I you know, you can almost piece it together before it ends. ends And oh, I, you know, I got on the phone, I walked away and uh, started a fire. Oh, I walked away and uh, you know, burnt the kitchen down, <laughs> you know, something like that, but not something as as I don't know, I don't think I've quite heard a story of that before. It's like, oh, I was potentially exposed to Teflon poisoning, but. I mean, what you point out is a pretty striking statistic, probably in, until Caraway comes on the scene. So basically in those last two years, what, what have you learned the, the, the most about what, people, what what people's behaviors are when it comes to cooking? I mean, was this something that caught fire immediately? Oh, not to use the pun there, but is, is this something that people got really excited about right away? I mean, how did you actually go to market? Because people must have been so used to like their regular nonstick it's like, well, I already, I already have all these pans over here. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get Teflon poisoning. How did you do that? Cause that seems to me to be the barrier. Cause I've never even heard a story like that.
1: Definitely. I think what's interesting is, um, and this is similar to a lot of markets. Ceramics actually been a material that's been sold for about 10 years now. I think the challenge with it is it's, uh, it's really been sitting on retail shelves and when you're in retail, it's really hard to tell stories. It's really hard to educate consumers on, uh, the exact materials and what they provide for you. And, we really felt we had this unique advantage of being a digital first brand and, and using our website and PR and emails and all the touch points you get digitally to tell that story. And so, um, you know, our, our main focus at launch was really not to, to go too, too deep into the education, but provide a really, you know, um, robust experience where if you want to go deep, you can. But um, we try to create that association where, where people know that caraway is safe. They know that it's eco-friendly and, um, you know, over time, I think people are really learning about their cookware and what they're using. And, um, I think what we have found, especially with, with COVID is people certainly are cooking more. They're watching what they put into their bodies. And so that, you know, the whole pandemic has really, I think, um, increase people's interest in eating healthy and watching what they put inside their body.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I can certainly attest to that. And people have gone, isn't it interesting? People have gone both ways, which I, I mean, it was interesting at first, and maybe after a while it becomes expected is that people have either really, really focused on it as in, this is the time when I'm going to learn this craft, that craft being cooking, or they just have like sort of try to stay away from it as much as possible. Oh, I'm going you know, to, you know, I'll do Uber Eats. I'll do something else. But the majority of stories that I've heard have been like, no, this is the time. It's more cost efficient. It's more, uh, I don't know, self-satisfying to, to learn how to cook. And so I'm curious then, how do you tell these stories right now, given the context? Because obviously, you know that these trends exist. People are cooking way more. We'll talk about what that's meant for the product in a second, but at the same time, isn't it like rather hard to budge into like a pandemic and say like, oh, hey, by the way, you get get some new cookware. You know, like that's not the first thing that I would have thought of either. Obviously, it has been a benefit, but you talk about telling the story in a digital-first way. How has telling the story become different, both when people don't want to hear from brands and people need to hear from Caraway? I'm I'm curious about that one.
1: Sure, I, I think as a brand, like we've, you know, we we. We look at, at data uh quite often and it forms many of our decisions coming into launching the brand. Um I think we were always uh pretty aware of the fact that most homes in the US, I, I think the stats like ninety-five or ninety-seven percent as well that have cookware in their home. And so it's it's a pretty staple item that people have at home, whether they use it or not. Um, you know, uh I don't think is quite as high, but um we've really prioritized uh, ease of use when it comes to our products. And so I think what's really come out of this pandemic and what's been really core to our brand is, you know, if if it's, if you're going to have cookware in your home, it should be beautiful. And we don't expect you to be a professional chef. We don't expect you to um, have to make crazy meals. If you're going to cook, it should be super easy. And I think we've really leaned into the, the ease of use and the safety of our pans and um, whether you are a professional chef or just a, a standard, you know, normal home cook like myself, um, you know, we've really tried to stay true to those, those core missions and um, especially at this time where people are spending more time at home and they're investing their dollars into their home versus potentially clothing or experiences or other products that they would buy before this time. Um those kind of core messages have really I think been what's uh been what's really exciting to see of, of consumers wanting to invest into Caraway.
0: And what about you? Let's talk for a second about sort of your core missions or messages. Everybody has these and similar to the way I'm sure that Caraway has a, a founding mission and values beneath it and a culture that develops as a result. What about you, Jordan, the leader? What are things that you look to instill either in your team or in a brand based on your experience? You've had plenty of of, of experience founding brands, growing brands, and now I'm curious how that has built your personal
1: brand. Definitely. Uh, I'm a big believer in building brands with a mission. Um, for us at Caraway, we seek to create products that are better for your health, health in the world. Our ceramic cookware, it's made with no toxins in it. It produces less uh, CO2 in production. We have no single use plastics. And, uh, you know, I personally believe if, if you're going to put something out into the world, especially a physical product, um it's really, I think, on brands today to make sure it's as clean and eco-friendly as possible. I think, you know, uh, we have kind of a, a responsibility there and uh, you can't, unfortunately, solve everything throughout the whole supply chain. But I think where, where we can or where I can, um, especially with the brand we're building today, that's really been the core driver for what we're building.
0: So let's talk about what's being built right now, because... There are, my guess, is uh, more stories about caraway being told and created at home right now than anywhere else. I was given a stat, and I do want to read this because I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, that during this time, right, let's talk about since pandemic started, uh, you've sold out of your cookware sets in every single color from March to June ten times over. That is, uh, that is wild, and what it means. And then you have a new launch coming up, which I'll talk about after this, because it's probably a way that I would engage with the cookware brand, having a bunch of cookware already at home. But I know that took a while to develop. There's so much there. And whether it's customers buying another set from Caraway, I'm guessing the majority of it is people buying Caraway for the first time. How do you take advantage of all the new stories that are being told right now, that are being shared? That is undeniably also contributing to the growth outside of environmental factors. How are you? How are you harnessing that lightning? Because my guess is that you are just getting some rocket fuel injected into the brand right now, and uh, I just want to know like, where the gas line is. So, so can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Sure. It's certainly been a a, a pretty crazy few months for us um, with with COVID. Sales have um, certainly picked up. We've sold out at about ten times, as you mentioned, we also very fortunately completed a fundraise uh, earlier this year, right before COVID hit. And so, uh, right now, we've been really focused on kind of getting caught up with demand. Um, you know, the the whole supply chain is just a lot slower right now, whether it's production or you know us abiding by the the correct guidelines at our warehouses to make sure all the workers there are safe. And so, um, it's been a certainly challenging to, to get products to consumers, but at the same time, uh, also a, a challenge for us as a business to really think through um, how we best communicate with consumers and how to uh, you know can keep up with demand while we actually don't have product. And so we've been hyper-focused on the messaging on site, messaging with in the emails after people buy, messaging in terms of uh, when people can actually get the product. And I think what we've seen is Uh, due to word of mouth, due to having 1,500 plus reviews on the website. um, We are able to sell with a six to eight week back order, which is super exciting. And, um, you know, whether we have product or not, I think uh, it's been a really, really exciting time to just test to see what works and what consumers are willing to react to. And, um, you know, a lot of that has contributed to that growth. And I don't think we've seen really any reason to to slow down at this point. Um, you know we've we've I, I think have this unique opportunity to get into as many households as possible which really is what we want to do from a macro level is to get ceramic into people's homes and you know help get rid of their Teflon products.
0: And is it part of that I'm curious to the extent that which that supply chain uh, bottleneck let's say Did it contribute at all to the recent launch that you've just announced, which is to sell single pieces of cookware as opposed to the entire set? I know that was something from my research that had been requested for many months and perhaps that uh, the pandemic, you know, gave people more leeway to say, okay, well, I might not buy a set, but I certainly buy a piece. I'm just curious what led to that launch and what you've seen since that launch. And as the time of this recording and listeners, you'll you'll know that this or you'll know right now that this recording was done a week in advance of you hearing it. So at this point, it's only been out there for a week. But uh, Jordan, I'm curious from you what what led to that launch, what you're learning from it in its first couple of days and what you hope to see from it going forward.
1: When, when we launched Carway initially this past uh, November uh, for the full brand launch, uh, the, the whole point of our initial product line, which was a, a core cookware set, was to make it easy for consumers to not have to think about what they need in their kitchen. And the, the set has been a really big hero product for us. But I, I think we kind of knew this in the back of our minds that at some point we would need to sell singles because not everyone wants to spend 400 bucks for a cookware set. Once COVID really hit and uh, you know, we had, you know, four, five, six months of data of selling the set and hearing from consumers on what they want, I think for us it we felt like it was the right time to um, you know, offer a lower priced item for the mass just because, you know, people right now just might not be able to afford four hundred dollar cookware, but they do wanna buy a fry pan or they do wanna invest into to new safe uh, clean pots and pans. And so we've really used uh, this opportunity to, I think, make the brand more accessible. And um, it's been really interesting to see since launch, I think the cohort of people who are buying sets is a, is a really different demographic than the cohort buying singles, um, which is really exciting to see because it means we're reaching new customers who otherwise would not have bought from the brand and have wouldn't have found us to be accessible to them.
0: And my, well, so I don't know what you're seeing with that data, but my guess is that those type of folks who maybe don't want to invest $400 into a set of cookware, but maybe will invest into a fry pan. Is it possible that those are some of the folks who are using other methods of cooking and dining altogether? I mean, could this be their first piece of cookware? Like it makes me wonder that because if that's the case, maybe it's a younger demographic that you're tying into. And as we think about it on the show. I mean, those are certainly people who are very socially loud. And once you have a couple of them, you know, they'll spread it around to their friends and their communities. And all of a sudden, everybody's got to have it just like everybody like a couple months ago had to have the, the hydro flask, right? Everybody's got to have the the thing. Oh, what well, you got your non-toxic pan for everybody at, at home. That's very interesting to think about. Have you seen anything specifically what what makes the demographic different in these single buyers as opposed to the set buyers?
1: Yeah, it's only been a week, so we don't have a tremendous amount of data, but um, I, I I think what we've seen is the set demographic is I think a little bit older. I think if you think about, I don't know if you've gotten married or gone through the registry experience, but a lot of times people are investing in that higher priced or higher quality set at that registry stage and beyond Prior to that, you're probably using hand-me-downs, you're probably going to Ikea, you're buying something on Amazon. And from what we've seen from early data is these lower price pieces have really helped us hit that kind of post-college, pre-wedding registry market. Um, We've also, unsurprisingly, have seen people who really love the brand and have wanted the product and buying a single fry pan or a Dutch oven or saucepan is a nice entry point into them eventually buying the whole set, but giving them an opportunity to test out the product, seeing if they like ceramic, seeing if they like the weight of the pan, how it cooks. Um, and so it's, it's been really exciting to see. And I think, you know, as we get more data, we might see some other cohorts emerge from uh, both singles and sets. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, who goes from kind of singles to sets and why they made that transition.
0: Yeah, just watching watching a new community blossom or an offshoot of a community blossom is interesting. At least to me, as it does, I'm sure, uh, to the many brand builders and would be founders and people who emulate your journey who listen to this show. I mean, we talk about this a lot, and whether it is going into a brand new product line, whether it is trying to attract a new audience, or whether it is simply uh, a distillation of what you're currently doing, um, you know, th- it is undeniably very very cool and uh, you know and again based on what people on this show tend to listen to like especially if it's in that fresh out of college i mean these are folks who are digital 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 right i mean they probably they probably did use uber eats for a lot of stuff they probably did go out to get food a lot they probably never have hardly had to cook for themselves you know except for college time so that is um i well i i i'm not part of caraway but you know that if I were, I'd be very interested in pouring through that data set. Very, very cool. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. I want to start back at the beginning with this story that you had. Uh, Teflon poisoning caused you to think about a better brand, right? The cookware without chemicals. I believe that's the way the tagline, at least that I see on LinkedIn, I believe that's probably positioned more broadly. If I turn for a moment to talk about purpose, all right, you've talked about how every brand has to be built with a mission in mind. What does purpose mean to you? Does it mean directly going after, like, just chemical use in cookware? Is there Are there other broader contributions that you're making as a result? I'm curious because many of these DTCs that I talk to have that sort of outlet. It seems that you have a story that might tailor to one, but I don't know what it is and what, part of why I have you here too, so. Can we talk a little bit about that 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 what purpose means to Caraway and to you as a result
1: i think for us and myself in particular it's really important for brands to have a core purpose or mission and it really becomes this guiding light for everything you do whether you know it's it's a brand message going out or product or cultural culture internally um, you always kind of come back to this core mission and, and really make sure that everything you're doing as a brand uh, lives up to that. And so when when we think about new products, it's imperative that we have uh, eco-friendly material. We don't use single-use plastics inside the packaging. We've got the safest materials out there. Um, you know, when it comes to messaging or internal culture, these are things we look to hire for. So we look for people who really believe in um, the same ideology we have as a brand. Um, When it comes to messaging, we always make sure it's uh, aligning and, uh, you know, kind of pulls back to that core guiding light. And so, um, you know, I think it's it's important, whether it's being eco-friendly or non-toxic or another mission for any brand to really, really have that core purpose, because it really, I think, keeps you accountable for um, all the rest of the activities you do as a brand.
0: This is a an excellent way, I think, to tailor into the roundout question that I have. Also, this is a way uh, that folks learn more about leaders in the way that they think. And it has to do with operating based off of that mission, really. Or at least it's a reflective form of this word. Listeners, you know the word that I'm about to say. Uh, there are actually two a words that I want to cover. The first is authenticity and the second one is advice. The reason I bring this up, Jordan, is because with everybody that I have on this show, I do ask for tips. And this is because I'm a perpetual learner, because the folks that listen to this show are perpetual learners. And these learnings happen in different ways. But ultimately, here, the subject is to get into the heads of these brand founders, these CEOs, sometimes it's CMOs, to learn about what they think of the word authenticity, how they describe that, maybe how they define it. And I'm starting to get a picture of what it is from you, but I want to know it from you, as well as advice as to how to inject that into a brand as the arbiter of it, as the steward of it. And whether that comes from learnings that you picked up at Carraway, at a prior tenure, words from a mentor. Maybe even a mistake that you made or, or a pitfall that you, that you avoided because of a learning that you had. I know this is a lot, but really if I were to boil it down, I'm trying to learn from you as the roundout question, how you become more authentic as a brand and maybe as part of that, how you even define the word. Because for some, it's operational, for some, it's reflective, for some, it's both. So I'd be curious to learn that from you.
1: Yeah, I would certainly say if I think of authenticity as, uh, I think, truly doing what you're, you're, you you're say you're going to do. Um, and I, I think here at Caraway, you know, we live and breathe this, this non-toxic and eco mission and, and trying to make people's uh, lives easier through the products that we create. And it really becomes the guiding light and, and trickles down to the rest of the brand. Um I think, you know, for me I've I've seen in this category and other categories decades of of products and brands being released into the world with uh really no no care for the environment, no care for consumer health, you know, products just being sold just to, to make profit. And um, you know, I, I think if if I'm gonna create something and, and we're gonna build something, it should be, you know, good for the planet. And so um you know, to us, that that's where our authenticity comes from. And uh, really, uh, everything we do as a brand comes back to that kind of core mission.
0: What I'm hearing is that it's it's definitely sort of a reflection of the actions that you take. And obviously, it's quite an important mission that you have to remove chemicals from cookware. You have leaned into this pandemic a time during which not only has your product experienced such growth, but so has the interest in cooking at home and thus uh, an accelerated need to do so in a safer way. Uh, You've come on the show today and you've told me not only about how that has influenced the way that you go to market uh, in these last few months, but also the way in which you diversify your product portfolio. And uh, thanks to those last few questions also gave me an eye into how you think about purpose and, and why you do something, something bigger than you. I think it's really cool to see this brand continue to grow. I, I look forward to seeing how people react to this launch. Listeners, you will see this a week from today, uh, and you'll see this next Thursday on the 6th. But maybe you should go check this out as well, whether you're getting married and you need to set a cookware or you are going after your first fry pan because you might as well start out getting rid of all the stuff that led to the sort of story that Jordan had when he founded this brand. I would encourage you to do it. Uh, but for right now and learning about all this, um, I might have to go online and do a little bit of shopping, but, but, but first I'll say thank you, Jordan, for joining the show. It was a pleasure to learn about Caraway, and it was a pleasure to learn a little bit more about the way that you tick. So thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much to Jordan Nathan from Caraway for joining the show and telling your story. I mean, what a way to get into the idea to found a brand. And I'm so glad that people are avoiding that type of story through interacting with the brand today. So thanks very much again for your thoughts. If you enjoyed this show, here's what you can do. If this is your first time, oh boy, do you have a lot to get through. Head over to this website for me real quick, would you? Podcast dotlavoom.co. As I said, I talk with some of the most interesting brand minds in the world and to date have talked to about 120 of these brands. There's like 60 hours of content that you can scroll through and listen to. I don't expect you to get that all done in one sitting, but I do hope that you look around and maybe find a brand or two that you really like. We have folks from all over the world in all different types of industries. And if you end up liking all of that, you can come back to me on LinkedIn, Adam Connor. Connect with me personally. Let me know what you're thinking or what you'd recommend going forward. And then I also have a showcase page there, Authentic Influence Podcast. We got a little community there buzzing. And so why don't you buzz with it? I'll be right back to you though, with another fantastic show. And I'm gonna add to that 120. I'm gonna give you another brand, mobilizing its masses to become more authentic. We talk all about that word and we do so through the lens of a fantastic leader. But until then, For Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.